Hello and welcome to the Hippocampus podcast, a place where we discuss the strategies that help optimise learning. So join us for some grassroots conversations where we share some practical tips and insights that might just make your learning journey a little easier. So in this episode, we discuss short answer questions, what they are, why they can sometimes prove more difficult than other question types like multiple choice or single best answers. And importantly, we share some tips on what to do during your study and revision to prepare for these sorts of exam questions and how to approach them in the exam. So let's join hosts, me, Lisa, I'm a lecturer in medical education, and Elliot and Kish, who are both third year medical students, for what we hope will be a super helpful episode for all of you. Hello and welcome, Kish and Elliot. How's everyone keeping? Yeah, very good, thank you. How's, how's this week been on uh, placement so far for you, Kish? Oh, it's just a Monday. Yeah, <laughs> it feels, yeah. feels quite long. <laughs> it's, it's the, I think it's our penultimate Monday, so bittersweet yeah. really in, in some ways, I think. Looking forward to having a bit of a break, but also I think I'm going to miss it a little bit as well. So. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you had a highlight of your placement so far? Uh, I got the opportunity to go up to ITU and uh, that's something which I found really powerful and inspiring especially in these times just to work alongside some of the staff who have seen um, some extraordinary things unfold over the last year and I think spending time up in that unit is just really quite moving and uh, quite powerful yeah so that's probably been my highlight really. Mm. about you Elliot have you got any not one moment sticks out in particular but I'd say my my first uh, placement was in GP but moving into hospitals seeing patients you know in quite uh, difficult situations has, has been quite sometimes inspiring sometimes difficult but yeah I've learned a lot from difficult situations I'd say yeah so moving from sort of thinking about obviously you guys are based out in clinical aren't you at the moment and it's probably been a bit of time since you last sat a short answer question paper yeah. uh, <laughs> but you, you've sat a few in your time haven't you for, through the first couple of years of med school probably feels like a million <laughs> so you're you're well rehearsed and uh, well practiced in this type of exam to uh, to, to sort of share your experiences and insights with our listeners which is great I thought we'll first start with just sort of obviously explaining what we mean by a short answer question. Some medical schools will will use short answer questions. Uh, other medical schools will probably put more of a dependence on multiple choice or single best answer questions. Uh, but short answer questions usually involve more than a one word answer, sometimes an explanation or a describing type response. And even if you don't use or aren't tested using SAQs in your exams, they're actually a really, really effective way of studying and preparing for any kind of exam, even if you only have MCQs or single best answers as your as your exam. Kish, Elliot, why do some students maybe find short answer questions a bit harder than sort of single best answers or multiple choice type questions? I think it's probably just, first of all, the, the fact that there's no cues in, in the answers. The answers are not in front of you. So you've got to recall the, the information for yourself. So if you're maybe only 50% sure on a, a topic in an SAQ, you're not going to do very well uh, at the start of it. Whereas in an SBA, if you rule out two of the answers and then think, mm, could be this one, could be this one, you might still do all right. And it's it's not as scary if you 
not 100% sure at first. Yeah, I agree. I think it's all about, I always find it interesting because as soon as I'm so quick to open the paper and then just read the first few words, I'm like, do I know this topic? And then if you if you start to see words that you know you're quite familiar with, then you can almost sort of sit back and relax because I think at that moment, the SAQ tends to be quite uh, predictable almost because they, they, from what I might, I've experienced, it's if you're familiar with the topic, then the questions don't seem to be that challenging or abstract or anything. I think, like you said earlier, is if you read the question and then you don't, you aren't familiar very well with, you know, what that question is asking. And then you, it's a bit daunting because there's, you know, there's a series of questions which are going to be related to that topic. And I think that's the, um, the challenging part with them. So I think when revising is really important to get a good grounding of the key topics in a unit or a module and focusing on those clearly because any single one of them can sort of be picked up on yep. in an SAQ and then and then questions can sort of bounce around there. Mm-hmm. I think that's that the, they're a harder type of exam to game in in the sense that there's some techniques that you can adopt with multiple choice questions and single best answers that can allow you to get the right answer even when you know it might not be your your strongest topic but unfortunately the sort of the, the anchors aren't there are they when it comes to a, a short answer question yeah. there aren't sort of options that you can eliminate <laughs> we've we've kind of obviously highlighted why sometimes short answer questions are a little bit uh, more tricky than, than single best answers so uh, thinking then how do you prepare for exams that involve short answer question type questions so my biggest uh, tip, and I actually much prefer short answer questions to single best answers, maybe for this reason, is the way I tend to revise is I have a list of the intended learning outcomes. And uh, I don't always write down answers to them. But when I'm revising, I'll always try and seek out the answers to those questions and try and flip the learning outcome. For example, you know, if the learning out- outcome is be able to understand the you know, type one hypersensitivity reactions, then if I can just write a sentence on that, then I can answer what it. Is so it, I think what is a type one hypersensitivity reaction? And if you can recall it, it's 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 an essay it's a start first question in an SAQ, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And then I think the the the, the questions don't tend to be that challenging. They're, they're almost quite simple to understand. So I think just uh, having simple uh, learning objectives and being able to answer each one of them systematically is a good good starting point I've found. When it comes to, I mean, obviously finding practice questions is uh, often a, a sort of very popular a- approach by students, particularly when it comes closer to revision. You know, there are sources of, of single best answers or MCQ type questions that might be available through particular modules or units. What about accessing sources of short answer question type questions in addition to the using what you've got, your own resources to create your own? Yeah, I've I've always found that a bit difficult in terms of finding like short answer question styles uh, to answer. Sometimes if I if I make them for myself in just before an exam, I feel like I'm going to ask myself the stuff that I'm, I've already got kind of a good idea of because, you know, the the, the, the question that I've got no idea about, I, one, I'm not going to be able to phrase the question and two, you know, I, just, I don't, don't want to ask myself something I'm probably not going to know. Mm-hmm. It is difficult, but I've, I've heard of students like making 
SAQs for maybe younger years and things like that. And I think that's a really good idea if you're a part of any like society or, or sports club. If you can get older years just to make a, a short a couple of short answer questions, it can be a really useful thing because you know, test you on things that you might not know. And well, the best way to practice SAQs is by doing something as similar as possible. Mm. So I think that's an, an important point, actually, Elliot, because we forget sometimes that it becomes easier to write a question and, and know what sorts of questions to ask when you know a topic really well. But when you're first sort of coming at a topic and you're first revising it, it can be quite hard to, to sort of construct those questions and some decent questions as well. And you're absolutely right, you know, drawing on sources of, of other uh, SAQ questions that are prepared through various medical student revision societies and so on is, is a helpful source to draw on. But picking up on, on your point earlier, Kish, in that if you use the intended learning outcomes for a unit, you, you have a really good scaffold there to actually create some decent, you know, short answer questions, really. Yeah, I, I always find that as a good starting point, really, because uh, it's quite straightforward, pretty simplistic. And, you know, if, if you can't answer one of those, then there's so many places where you can find the answer to it because they're not that, you know, windy. The questions aren't that specific or difficult, I think, because they're kind of key concepts. Um, but building on, you know, what Elliot said about using older years, I think that's a really good uh, resource as well to, to try and pick up on short answer questions also the other thing I found helpful well in our exams they tend to be around clinical cases so I've, I've used things like Gray's Anatomy for students and finding the clinical cases um, not as questions but just as a basic baseline sort of and then think what could be asked on this yeah exactly because often there's then imaging so then uh, you know that gets brought into it and then there's it might be a question on data interpretation of blood test results and then uh things like that so clinical cases i think is a good starting point from any textbook because they're common and then there's a lot that you can be asked around it whether it's pathophysiology or management or things like that so uh, that's another good place i think i would go to if you're struggling to get ideas and there's no reason as well that you couldn't use the sort of MCQ or S, uh, single best answer type questions that you have already and simply just remove the answer options uh, mm. so that you're not, you know, the, 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 the risk with basing most of your revision around using single best answer and multiple choice type questions is that you get yourself into a habit of learning by recognition or familiarity so that you're, learning is or your recall, of a weird association and yeah is, is like yeah. successful as a result of recognizing the presence of an answer or recognizing mm. something that just provides a cue and if your learning of a topic is entirely based on those sorts of steps then when you come to do a short answer question those cues and that scaffolding is completely removed it's gone yeah it's gone so you know, and that is often, I think, why students do struggle with the short answer question is, is there isn't the same sort of scaffolding, queuing, prompting that they've effectively just infiltrated their revision with. You know, when thinking about how best to prepare for short answer questions, whenever you approach a question, approach it without the answer options being there and try and practice your revision from pure recall yeah. and not sort of queuing or prompting. Thinking about creation of questions and you you know you discussed 
you know the importance of drawing on sort of older years and and sort of questions that might be created by other um, revision societies and so on but coming back into a theme that we've often sort of touched on quite a bit with you know the benefits of studying with others is that you know if you have a group of people together someone in that group is going to come up with a question that you haven't thought of or a way of asking something in a slightly different way and the more you can kind of interact with that kind of dialogue and be asked about the same knowledge but perhaps in a slightly different way the the more avenues you're creating to be able to access that piece of knowledge or information you know in many many different ways which will you know be the best way to prepare for any exam yeah that's definitely true i was going to say because um in third year i think i'll be much better prepared for the saq type questions because the the way i've tended to learn this year has been talking both with doctors and students in in the hospital the way that we've learned is like talked about a case and then just asked each other questions or the doctor asks uh, us questions on on a case and it, it's just like a very very saq style it'll expose any maybe like errors in your thought process that you wouldn't expose in a mcq or an sba type question because when, when you asked a question and i found this a lot in hospitals it's like often in the corridors between uh one ward to another ward like i've, I've learned so much in just stairwells and corridors and things like that when yeah. you're just chatting through cases but you know when someone asks you a question you go back to basics don't you because you, you don't necessarily know the answer you go back to okay what's my understanding of the anatomy and physiology of the thyroid gland and then you kind of try and work through the answer so i think having that um core foundation is really key to short answer questions because even when there's a question there which doesn't immediately, you know, the answer doesn't jump out at you, I think having that core basic knowledge allows you to build on that. And then just having subtle uh, things to hang things off, like a surgical mm-hmm. sieve, um, if, you, if you're thinking about differential diagnosis, for example, like vitamin D and, you know, vascular infection trauma and things like that. And just having these little key things in your mind to the, be able to travel back to and then just organize your thoughts because often I think with with short answer questions you you can kind of pick up marks just by being logical mm-hmm. um, even if you don't, don't really have a clue about what the answer is yeah yeah sometimes the the short answer questions that are maybe three or four marks might require a little bit of problem solving you know it's not just a sort of simple recall it's actually you've got to use what you have and as you say, Kish, to sort of draw back to sort of basic principles and see if you can work the answer out yeah. rather than, you know, with, with simple factual recall, it's, you know, if it's a question that says name this enzyme, you either know it or you don't. There's no kind of <laughs> going yeah. back to first principles or trying no. to work it out. It's, it's there or it isn't. Whereas a question that maybe has a few more marks just requires a little bit more construction and a little bit more... Uh, sort of reasoning with with those sort of basic facts and concepts yeah and I think going into the clinical years is when I've started to evolve those basic things so like firstly it was about sort of physiology and trying to understand the underlying pathophysiology of something and now it's like uh, you know someone's with pancreatitis uh, what examination signs are there and so what I start to do now is like just go from systematic approach like start with the hands and then, you know, are there any changes on the hands and the pulse and then go up to the neck? And even though I'm not thinking about pancreatitis, I think doing it that way helps me remember all the basic stuff. And then, you know, you're making sure you're not missing something out. The routines, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So just I think 
always having those simple principles there uh, can be applied to kind of any um, any problem. And I think that will just give a good foundation, I think. So just re- in, ensuring that all of those are properly shelved, I think, is a good starting place for short answer questions. Brilliant. So a few helpful tips, things to think about what you can do during revision and your studying to kind of best prepare for short answer questions, but also I'd say any any question, because if you can answer a, a question without clues, i.e. answer options, then you can pretty much answer a question with clues or, or answer options like a single best answer, multiple choice. So thinking then about when you're actually in the exam. So let's say, you know, you've 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 done some really effective revision studying and you're coming into the exam feeling really positive and your first exam paper is that, that short answer question paper. What what's some of your, your tips there? I think like practically speaking, I always look at how many marks are given to that question. Because I think it's it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? it each each mark is a, is a different point, and uh, that's the first thing I'll always look at. And then the second thing, well, it's not the first thing; it's one of the important things. But another important thing is just the first word or phrase that they've used, trying to uh, deliver an answer which is in in line with that. So if it's describe or if it's list, if it's explain, and then according to that, you can kind of you can draw a diagram if you need to, uh, or you can just bullet point things so they're just some very basic practical things i think are worthwhile knowing about yeah in the question you get the the clinical lead in which is a, a sentence or two or three about the 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 question what the question is going to be about and the last time i did an saq i just read the the clinical lead in without looking at the first question trying to make a picture of what i think is going on what comes to mind what what topics I think are, are going to come up when you see the first question you're not taken down a, a completely different route that you thought it was going to go you've got a clear picture before you you go in for the questions and I think that's a good way because you're not going to get so flustered by reading a, a couple of sentences but if you just went straight into the question it can be quite can set the tone maybe not in the best way mm-hmm. short answer questions as well with it's taking that moment to pause and check that you've understood what the question is actually asking. Uh, I think sometimes, even if it's a topic you know really well, you can sometimes get quite excited that it's a topic that you know really well. <laughs> and you're like, yes, right, I've, I've got all this stuff that I know about this question. And you end up putting it down on paper and it actually doesn't really fully answer what the question was, which is a yeah. real shame because yeah. everything you put down might have been right. But if it's not relating to or answering the question, then that's that's marks you don't get and it's time wasted on you know words and sentences that you've put down. Yeah. And I think sometimes when you've reading the question and just pausing to almost kind of put the question into your own words and like do I really understand what this question is asking of me and then thinking what are the kind of salient facts concepts ideas that I need to be constructing and putting together in response to fully answering this question you know quite often when we're marking as staff when we're marking short answer questions there's either a problem with incorrect detail so the wrong facts or the wrong bits of information have been used or it's not quite fully answered the question you know so there'd be a say a three mark question and you've kind of got halfway there to answering and it just needed the the so what the sort of final connecting point that just fully answered uh, the question that was asked um, that's quite interesting because do you do you think that those students obviously you've marked a lot of papers and you've had a lot of students do you think that they knew 
the answers in their in their mind and they just haven't expressed it or do you think that's a a gap uh, in the understanding or the knowledge I think it can be a bit of both I think sometimes if you know a topic really well yeah you can make assumptions that the examiner's going to get what I mean here right. um and the examiner will will fill in like if I say this the examiner's going to know what I mean and mm. almost sort of fill in the extra step so sometimes actually you could have known and you just disadvantaged yourself by not just kind of almost over explaining it not to the point that you're going to spend you know too long on you know short answer questions are always short answers these should not be filling you know shouldn't even be filling the boxes that are usually sort of assigned to a short answer question on a on a paper but it's it's almost seeing the sequence to where should I start with my answer and where should I finish and if I read my answer back I could guess what the question was like sometimes you read an answer back and you and you think, okay, what question might have been asked to give me that answer? And when, mm, when you're looking tip. at it the other way, you're like, actually, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've just written an essay on something. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So it, it I, you know, and then the other side of that is sometimes it's the next step is missed because it isn't known. But if you know it it's there and you think it relates to answering the question, just put it in. Don't kind of think, well, they'll get what I mean from me putting this thing. Just assume that you're being marked by an educated, but someone who doesn't know the topic. Right. So that you're always kind of completing your answer in full. Yeah. I, for the, the four markers, if, if I, if I fill the box I'm, <laughs> and, and then you look at the mark scheme and it'll, it might be two sentences. If you just thought it through, it's definitely pausing. Was, mm-hmm. would stop um, you doing something silly like that. You'd be surprised how, you know, I think sometimes students say, I don't got time to like pause with every question. I just need to write, write, write. It's actually, if you took a moment to pause and just think about what you're going to put, you'd probably spend less time writing waffle and writing parts to the short answer question response that aren't going to get you any marks. And so you're actually shaving time off in the long run. Yeah. I, I often find myself writing a lot on the scrap piece of paper actually reflecting back on this I kind of see like pulmonary edema and I kind of start going into my own thing and I look backing at the question and then back to what I'm writing and trying to see okay how's this going to fit in not how's this going to fit in but what what did what are they asking of this so I think yeah you're right I think it's about getting everything in your mind going and then looking at the question and just reanalyzing your knowledge to the question and then trying to get it in the right format isn't it definitely that's quite interesting. And, you know, because we were sort of saying earlier that not all short answer questions are requiring three, four mark responses. You know, sometimes a short answer question will be broken down into a series of just one mark responses. And those things don't require time being spent on how you're going to construct a response. You know, if it's, like I said, if it's just a one word answer, it's either there or it isn't. You don't have to think about how you put it down on paper. So you have got more time than you realize to spend you know, just a little bit more time on the, the larger mark questions that just require some thought around how you organise your, your thinking before you sort of put something down. Okay, so we've thought about, obviously, best ways to sort of approach a short answer question when you're in an exam. What What if the short answer question that comes up happens to be on a topic that you don't feel very confident on or it's something that you haven't really studied or revised very well what do you guys do when that happens 
I, I, I can I really remember this happening to me in my last uh, one of my last exams as a whole uh, I'm not going to mention the topic because I don't want to give anything away to any student but it's something that I didn't really revise very well and uh, I just like grinned that when it came up but I think what I went back to was actually the lecture and the group work that we always do with every topic and it's there somewhere and I think I was actually quite surprised that I probably managed to get some marks on it from nothing so I think if anyone's listening I think obviously sometimes you can't revise everything you know life isn't perfect and you won't you, you can't remember everything so I think it's really important to kind of pay attention in that half an hour 40 minutes when you're on a lecture because you never know that might be the only time you kind of listen to that content properly and True, it happens because yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah. everyone revises everything thoroughly but no. things you remember from that area could just come up in a question and that can get you through it a little bit so that's all I have to say I think about that and hopefully it, it works a little <laughs> bit for me no I think that's that's definitely true that the like you say it might be something that just stuck in your memory from a from a lecture or a group work that just gives you those a couple of because I don't think then. we can rely on revision like because you often forget into the habit that are oh, I'll just revise it later, you know, it'll be fine. I'll, I'll, I'll get to it at some point, but sometimes that just doesn't happen. Mm-mm. So I think really just focusing on those uh, times when you're studying something. Definitely. And, and maybe thinking, you know, if it, if it is a thing that you, you know that you're quite weak on leaving it till the end, because hopefully over a whole paper, it's, that's not going to be every question uh, without running away from it. Just thinking, I, I'll leave this one to, to the bit later you know get some confidence up on on the stuff that I do know and then at the end you might build some confidence and and some something might come into your head from the lecture like Kish said yeah. when you revisit yeah, it's odd sometimes isn't it I, I often like doing that actually you're right like if you haven't got a clue at the time then sometimes after a toilet break or something or you know just a general break after doing some other questions you come back to it and think oh that's you know, I remember this. I know this. Yeah. The first know. thought of, oh, oh my God, I don't know this. It's it's not very helpful for re- recording things. It's like mm-hmm. kind of like a little bit of panic. But if you, you come back to it without the, the worry, then yeah, you might be able to remember something. Mm-hmm. And the questions are never that specific where if you like, you have to kind of know the details inside out, yeah. often the principles can get you through parts of the question so I think yeah hopefully there's a few bits that yeah yeah, you would remember from getting a you know a general understanding of something rather than specifics Mm. the other thing I'd like to say is when revising I often we've got notability in our iPads often so when there's a topic I try and search that keyword uh, in all notes or something similar and then it kind of brings up that that same word in different modules and so then using that as a way to revise I find quite helpful so if it's like hyperthyroidism obviously it'll pop up in all the endocrinology stuff but mm-hmm. it might pop up in some of the neurology stuff or the cardiology stuff with arrhythmias and things like that and so I think when revising that's a good thing to do because in an exam there's things often a be clinical mixed, yeah. case yeah, yeah. yeah and then it, and then it spins off into different places mm. now that's, that's a brilliant idea because sometimes you know, when you're in the midst of studying the modules, you say over the first, you know, couple of years of, of med school, 
you you don't have a sort of ready map in your head of where things cropped up at what points and, mm. and where they kind of reappeared. So, yeah, using some, you know, if you've got electronic versions of, of your notes or, you know, your resources, what, you know, what a fantastic, simple way just to like quickly flag all the different sort of points where that, that topic came up uh, and help to, like you say, build those links and, and remind yourself of, other aspects to the topic that have come up in other in other modules um i really like that it doesn't because it doesn't often you don't even need to go into it you just can't see the tides and think arrhythmias mm. ah yes okay i need i need to remember that and then it comes up in you know the drugs and then it comes up in whatever so mm. i think just keep doing that like yeah. and, and it, it quite, can be quite helpful to be able to think well actually mm. there's, there's a, a learning technique which has you know, some pretty good evidence behind it in terms of it being effective for, for sort of durable learning. And it's it's called elaborative practice, which effectively is is kind of what you can do using what you've just described there, Kish, where you pick a topic and you just try and, you know, initially sort of recall as much as you can on that topic. And then that stimulates more questions on the topic. And then that links to something else and something else. So you, you start to elaborate and, and sort of build this huge network of, of recalling knowledge that links to lots of different things and using the the search sort of options bringing up just a a a word as a cue as a reminder to just help scaffold some of that elaborative practice and recall so i think that's a really useful tool to support that kind of study technique so again yeah it fits in fits in really nicely with that cool okay so I think that's kind of bringing us towards the end of this episode. Is there any sort of extra, you know, final points, tips that you'd like to share with the listeners before we start to wrap things up? Practice makes perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't make the first time that you practice short answer questions the exam. Use the the processes that short answer questions require of you. Practice them throughout the semester, throughout your revision, so that you you get those retrieval pathways fine-tuned so yeah i definitely echo that elliot yeah i think you mentioned it to us uh lisa at some point i think it was something like it's not about what you put in it's about what you take out of your mind and you know say and write and stuff and i think that's really important because we're constantly feeding information in but not practicing taking it uh, sort of out and i think yeah the more you, the more you do that uh the better for short answer questions which gives you that big white box mm-hmm. Well, you, your knowledge is only useful if it's retrievable, isn't it? You know what you know when you're out on clinical practice, uh, clinical placements now that you're constantly drawing on stuff that's in your brain to problem solve, to reason, to reach diagnoses. If you're not rehearsed and practicing that, that 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 process is clunky, it's inaccurate, it fails. Yeah. Um, you know, so as much as you can, that balance between how much am I actually spending just going over stuff, reading, rereading stuff, trying to put stuff in versus actually how often am I practicing, how well I can pull this out and put things into my own words and explain things and so on and so forth. So normally at the end of an episode, we, we do recommendations, but we were, we were talking at the beginning, weren't we, that we can't sort of... <laughs> <laughs> think of any special recommendations for the episodes this week i've got one now oh, um, go on. it's not it's not a resource okay well it could be a resource because hopefully everyone in covid has you know either living with someone or if they're not they're forming a bubble with someone else and they've got people to talk to but i think a really good way to revise is getting somebody who is a lay person and telling them what you know about a certain topic because that will 
make sure you are able to fundamentally explain the key concepts and you and to someone who doesn't know medicine mm-hmm. and ensure that you're you're focused in the right areas rather than going down all the little channels which you know no one really cares about so i would say to do that to as my resource so grab a friend and ask them if you can borrow them for like 15 minutes a day or something that's that's called the Feynman technique actually to oh, yeah. uh, try and explain a topic in as simpler terms as possible although I think the Feynman technique often refers just to trying to explain the topic to a six-year-old but I think right. generally speaking anyone who's not medical where you you can't hand, hide behind the terminology is uh, is a really good call yeah so yeah I would echo your uh, recommendation there Kish Okay, so that brings us to the end of this episode. So as always, just a huge thank you to those of you that are listening at home. And I hope that we've we've shared and discussed today has proved helpful and food for thought. So bye for now. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Silence. <laughs>